In 2014, my wife Allison and I sold everything and moved into an Airstream trailer. Well, that's actually not. We didn't sell everything. We sold our house, our property, but we kept most of our stuff. We stashed that in a 10 by 20 storage room in downtown Fort Worth, Texas. Stacked to the ceilings, carpets, washer and dryer, bed, all your accoutrements of life. Did we live in Fort Worth? No. No, our house was about three hours west of Fort Worth, but seemed like it was as good a place as any to stash your stuff. We thought we might uh, settle there after we wandered about in our Airstream. And that was the plan. Four months of wandering in 2014. We uh, started an Instagram account. We called it 10 Streamer to keep in touch with our friends and family and uh, 10 Streamer. Where, where did that come from? Well, we'll cover that in the podcast. So stay tuned. But we wandered around and four months turned into a year, which turned into two years. And the next thing you know, two and a half years had passed and we continued to live in this Airstream. Eventually, we settled in Salada, Colorado. Allison got a job teaching yoga at a yoga studio called Yoga Olas, and she picked up some personal training clients. I work for a company called Oveja Negra Bikepacking, where I ship bags, inspected bags, talk to people about bikes. This is the best job in the world. And we became a part of a mountain community, one of the, one of the most cool things you can do in your life, uh, to be a part of a small mountain community, beach community, something... I recommend everybody doing. But we're Texans and we got Texas sick. So we decided to move back to Texas and be close to family. And I'd actually started riding again. I had been a a rider in the early aughts and decided to stop that abruptly to write a novel. And that never happened. And while living in Salida, I started pitching magazines again and got an assignment in 2018. And on that assignment, I uh, connected with a photographer by the name of Jared Foster. And Jared Foster is is one of these exceptional individuals. He's he's a um, most inspirational teachers that you only see in movies, but they exist. And he's he's much better than John Keating and uh, Dead Poet Society or. Richard Dreyfus, I can't remember his name, and Mr. Holland Opus, which that story has kind of some strange, uh, strange plot twist in it. Uh, Jared Foster's the real deal, and he's that that inspirational teacher that you want—the the true story of the teacher that cares, that inspires, that moves you, that expects more from you than you expect from yourself. And that's what he did to me when we got on our first assignment as a writer photographer. We did a bikepacking trip in central Texas. We'll talk about that in this first episode with, with Jared. Uh, But when I wanted to start this podcast, I knew Jared had to be the very first uh, guest because one, he inspired me and I know he's going to inspire you. And he's, he's a pretty selfless person. There's not a hint of ego with him. And as we dive deeper into, to, mine and Jared's relationship and what we've done for each other and how we've inspired each other. I think, I think it'll inspire you and we'll continue on that theme with this 10 streamer podcast as we talk to people living their best lives ever. So let's stop the rambling and get the show started. I'm Brandon Weaver. I'm a writer. And this is my very first guest, Jared Foster, a photographer. Take it away, Jared. Well, welcome to the first edition episode of the Tin Streamer Podcast with 
my very, very good friend, Dr. Jared Foster. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is a long time coming. So let's talk a little bit about what a tin streamer is. When I first met you, probably four or five years ago, 2018, mm-hmm. uh, my email's Brandon at Tin Streamer. You go, uh, one of the first things you asked me, you go, what's a tin streamer? Do you remember that? I do, yeah, because we we used to own a vintage Airstream, and I think we got rid of it um, right before we met. And uh, the stream part was intriguing to me. Yeah. When it was uh, the email URL, and so I think you thought, and I said, well, it's something I've been trying to do something with for for ever. Website, uh, email. Um, so we're launching this podcast under the Tin Streamer flagship brand. And uh, Tin Streamer, it, it came from a hybrid of Tin Nation, which was a house we had in uh, Fisher County, Texas. Uh, it was all made, made out of all metal, but it's also a playoff of procrastination, which is I'm famous for famous with my wife because I'm not necessarily famous. Uh, so I thought, you know what? I'm building this place to be my riding sanctuary, my fortress of solitude with my wife and our dogs. And, um, let's name, let's name the thing, my evil, my, my, um, kryptonite procrastination. Yeah. So tin nation is made of metals, a big metal barnuminium tin nation. Well, I basically built my own, um, gilded cage. Yeah. <laughs> I had a perfect office. I had, great lookout, had mountain bike trails. And, uh, I realized at one point that 10 nation was my, it, like I said, it was a gilded cage. And so we sold it and got an Airstream and we started playing on an Instagram handle and we're like 10, 10, 10 streamer. And so that's when we really got our groove was when we bought the trailer, 10 streamer was just an Instagram handle to keep in touch with my nephews and niece. And we really learned how to live life. Yeah, yeah. And so to me, a tin streamer, and as we move forward with a website, it's uh, it'd be more of a publication than a blog. It's people who have found their rhythm in life, their groove. Oh, okay, okay. So it's playoff. My wife's a yoga teacher. Yep. So there's a flow uh, within any athletic endeavor, mountain biking, racing, sports. When you're in the flow, when you're streaming, that's when you're living life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's that was how Tin Streamer was born. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I mean, all these years, I don't know if we've talked about it that that deeply, um, especially getting into that rhythm of life uh, facet of of Tin Streamer. So, yeah, it's cool stuff. It, it's and that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk to people who who are seemingly regular folk. They're not famous. They may have a, a decent following on social media, but. Don't really care about that. Yeah. Um, it's, You're not going to be interviewing Taylor Swift. Well. I mean, I suppose if she calls. I don't want to really get ahead of myself, and but our people are talking. Okay. Yeah. Season I'm, two. Yeah. I'm really tight with Kelsey, and I'm hoping that stays together because uh, I think I think it's something yeah. that could happen. It'd be good for him and yeah. you. Yeah. 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 It'd really put them on the map. Yeah, exactly. Both of them because yeah. they, they need a little more. A little more um, publicity. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to interview and talk to – I'm going to go back with some of my stories that I've written and um, catch up and see where some of these people are. We'll have a, a, a printed edition that's um, in Texas Parks and Wildlife, a magazine that both Jared and I work for. Yeah. Or freelance for. 
and go back and catch up with some of those people and see where they, what they're doing and kind of have a history with them. And then I have a whole list of people that are living extraordinary lives that people don't really know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you're one of those people that's living an extraordinary well, life. Thank you. You're, you're, um, one of my favorite people on the planet. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And we have, likewise, <laughs> and we haven't known each other very long. Um, but we've become pretty, pretty fast and furious friends. And I was thinking about this. I was listening to a podcast on the way up here. Actually, it's XM Radio, and the host were talking about that you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. That's okay. that kind of indicates your trajectory in life, your personality, who you are. Yeah. And I'm like, who are the five people I spend the most time in with? And I'm, well, my wife. Yep. And she's an extraordinary person. Yeah. Fantastic yoga teacher, personal trainer, changes women's lives, people's lives, mm-hmm. um, our dogs, but I don't know, count them. It, Your dogs have personalities. They do. Yeah. But, um, you, I spend a lot of time with you, but it's not, it's in, it's in, t- it's intense periods of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, orange, frozen orange concentrate. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember frozen orange yes, concentrate? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's still there. It's, yep. you know, it's, <laughs> intense orange in a frozen can and you open it up. Yep. Boom. Yeah. Great things come. That's right. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about yeah. who you are. <laughs> Your a little backstory, Jared and I, I'm a writer. Jared's a photographer. We met on assignment in 2018 for a piece with uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife Magazine where we rode bicycles from uh, Central Texas up to uh, Possum Kingdom State Park. That's right. Yeah. And that was one of the that was one of the best um, magazine assignments I think I've I've, I've ever had uh, been been a part of to that point. And I uh, yeah, it was. I mean, you tell the story better about how we met <clears throat> in terms of um, you wanting to get back down to Texas uh, to some extent, re reinvigorate uh, some participation in a writing career, and and uh, you you kind of uh, inspired a lot about what I do now, particularly with some frequency, because you weren't afraid to pitch a story that was definitely not normal, uh, not very, not a very common thing that you would see in a publication like Texas Parks and Wildlife. And so when, when we met over that story where we're, um, you know, definitely doing something that probably hasn't been featured in, in the magazine and to that audience, uh, before, uh, it was like, okay, this, this is, we, we need to be able to like latch onto this and, and, and run with it for a little while. Um, so that was a kind of a, a special point in, in my career as well. But yeah, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm, I've been a photographer for a while. Um, I went to school at, at Texas Tech University where I met Wyman Menzer and, and we, uh, formed a, a strong relationship across photography and book publishing. And, and, uh, you know, we just, I, I I used that as a as a launching pad for the work that I've done over the years for a variety of different publications and commercial clients and nonprofit clients and all with kind of the 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 aim at working mostly in uh, the outdoors outdoor travel uh, uh, had a strong still have a, a really strong presence in outdoor um, conservation visual work and so yeah that's. That's me in a nutshell, uh, or at least part of me <laughs> in a nutshell. Here's a fun fact. Um, when we met and you were talking about Wyman, I had seen Wyman yeah. from the Yeti commercials, and but 
I had no idea who Wyman Mintra was. Yeah. And you were yeah. talking about your mentor. And yeah. so I got home, I had to Google Wyman. I was like, okay, I've seen this guy. And I, and yeah. I remember seeing him on your Instagram. Um, but who's Wyman Mintra? Yeah. W- Wyman is the state photographer of Texas. And so he's, uh, you know, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't um, blame anyone for not knowing names of photographers. You know, if you, if you ask just anybody off the street, like who's your favorite photographer, they may just say their mom because that's who they, that's who they can name. But, you know, most people can't name well-known or, you know, dare I say very famous photographers, even though they've seen their stuff out there. Some of the most iconic images in the world. Um, and, but Wyman's one of those characters. He's, he's that in for Texas, even though he's worked, um, all across North America. And, um, but the large part of his, his career has been here in Texas and, and, uh, really kind of putting a visual stamp on Texicana, Texas history, Texas natural history. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was 90, 1998 or, or 99, uh, then governor, George W. Bush was uh, designated him as the uh, as the state photographer of Texas, and he's held that title ever since. Yeah, Wyman's what I would call for frozen orange juice. It's for frozen orange juice concentrate in t- of Texas. Oh yeah, like Wyman yeah, is. Totally. You look at Wyman, and you're like, that guy's all Texas. He he is, and I mean, and he's he. I I love how Wyman has both visually defined Texas, but also like if you ever get a chance to visit with him, um, you know, y- you know that he embodies a, uh, a certain special quality uh, that, that is very much Texas and is, and is, is Texas to the core, not just the surface level stuff that, that may be stereotyped um, uh, w- with, you know, all sorts of uh, levels of that intensity that you're talking about. Um, he, there, there's something really special about Wyman that stresses what we really, really value and uh, characteristics uh, as Texans, and that that goes way deeper than like politics and and stuff. It's really about a a pioneering spirit and, and a work ethic um, and uh, just a, a, a deep interest in in you know those those uh our, our history um our stories uh, but also you know how we uh treat each other and how we treat the land we're on and we can get very you know deep into that kind of stuff but Wyman is is an embodiment of that and uh it just it, it just so happens that he's also incredibly charismatic and and uh and obviously in, incredibly talented i mean he's just been he was a huge inspiration for me and still is with his work um, but, uh, he, he, he was, I'm very, very fortunate to have worked with him, uh, for, for many years, uh, in my, my early career for sure. Yeah. Wyman is what I think people miss about what Texans are. And I think you're the, you embody the same thing. There is a, the people who live in, in rural parts and, have, and make their own way, they're 10 streamers of their own sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, Wyman probably has some conservative thoughts, but he is not judgmental. He is very open. He is willing to work with everybody and have conversations and self-reliant, independent, free spirit, Mm -hmm. but doesn't care who you are, pull you out of the ditch, help you get on your way. Yeah. And that's something I think is messing with, I think that's a very Texas spirit of friendliness and openness. Now, there's Nimrods out there that is, is you and I were talking earlier. Yeah. We were on a bike ride right before this podcast. So we had 
we've had like two hours of conversation yeah. before we started yeah. this podcast. Yeah. But we were talking about um, a story I just wrote for Texas Monthly, name drop, um, Texas Monthly Online, and it was about Texans living in Colorado, Texpats. And we were talking about the uh, Instagram responses and some of them, I was anticipating people jumping on and hating Texas and hating our food. You know, tech, someone said Tex-Mex sucks in the comments. Um, but I, I didn't expect my people, my the te- Texans that I think are great individuals, commenting on, I would never move to Colorado because it is a liberal wasteland, libtards. I'm like, yeah, guys, yeah. y'all are better than this. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not the, the Texas that we, uh, well, I know that you and I, value and and again you know maybe it's to remain well i i have a very um um aggressive stance on staying apolitical uh in in a lot of things because you know when we when we let things get that way yeah it it just taints a, a conversation it taints a relationship and um and it and it moves us further away from what it really means to be uh, a Texan or, you know, in, in, in the theme of the show, you know, it, it, it kind of moves you away from being what a 10 streamer is, is really all about and finding a certain rhythm that allows you to navigate life and, um, more comfortably than not. And, and so, but yeah, I think, you know, there, it, Wyman, um, I think my, my, both of my grandfathers, I, I just lost a, a, my first grandfather, uh, about six months ago. And, you know, he, he, he was that to the, to the bone. I mean, he, he was a, a true, you know, Texas, uh, man. I mean, he just, it was all about, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to work hard the entire day. I'm going to support the people I love and I'm going to help the people that are around me. And that's it. There was, I don't know if I ever heard him say anything about any politician, any preacher, you know, all this kind of stuff that, that we, we find it pretty easy to just kind of jump on a bat bandwagon on. Um, to me, I mean, that's that's a fairly American spirit, but I think there's a lot of Texan Texas in American spirit, and and uh, to me, that like that's what a real Texan was. Uh, and I was fortunate to grow up around that kind of environment and that that vernacular, and and, and not have to, you know, it what my my whole growing up wasn't painted with you know, the political environment of the day, it was just like, you know, wake up, go break ice, feed the cattle and, and go to school, you know? And so y'all didn't, y'all didn't have a, a Jimmy Carter flag flying or no, a Ronald no. Reagan. Yeah. It, it's so funny. Like we, we, I mean, I didn't have, I remember one time, um, dad, dad, or I remember being like five or six and, and we lived in, in a town North of uh, Fort Worth for a, a little bit before we moved to my, my mother's family's ranch. And, um, my, we were talking with, um, you know, probably a, a, a member of the church that we attended at the time. And, and, uh, the presidential election had just happened and I was really young. I, I couldn't have been more than seven. And I asked the man that we were talking to, who'd you vote for? And, you know, I was six, seven years old. I didn't know any better. And uh, dad, I remember dad, you know, not chastising me, but he was like, look, we don't ask people who they voted for. And they probably voted for the same people, but it was to, it was to preserve a particular type of relationship uh, that, uh, that helped you maintain your, your ability to be good to people without, without, 
certain levels of judgment and 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 i i i appreciated that i and you know it may it may be uh it may not necessarily be the the best way of handling uh you know political engagement and stuff like that but and i know that's probably not what we want to get into but but it it was to me that was also a part of like this is how texans should behave and you know we we've grown in population we've grown away from some of that stuff as a as a society but uh, t- still to me like some of that we we can maintain and that's the stuff we value about being being texans yeah just just a general etiquette in life and and being polite and you hear you hear all these things and well, I don't know how we got started on politics but it's it's <laughs> the same thing that I think about with chat gpt and with ai and everything is i hear all this talk about you know it's going to change jobs and it's going to you know put people out of jobs and um but you go out you, you step away from the tv and you yeah. go outside on a trail like yeah. today, we saw people living life and not giving a care about anything. Yeah, social media, and so that's where that's where you and I live and flourish. Oh yeah. Um, well, and I think that's why. I mean, that, that's why we gravitate to the work that we we do. You know, we we both do work that certainly sees us behind the computer and in in an office, home office, travel trailer office, whatever it may be, uh, quite a bit. But we have. Uh, oriented our our professional lives very close to what we would want to be doing personally, anyways, and and it's that it's that need to 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 be outdoors and and uh, you know kind of uh, you know just just be amongst a particular environment that you know does does allow us to not have to stress about certain things that, in life that are probably yeah. not worth uh, stressing over. So we met in two thousand eighteen. And uh, had a fantastic. I mean, we didn't know each other. I little backstory on me: I had been a writer in the early aughts, and then decided I wanted to write a book and quit freelancing, and basically lost that that uh, rubber band. It, it just got away from me of of deadlines. And mm-hmm. so, so the worst thing a writer can do is 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 not have a deadline mm-hmm. and and sit in the, in front of a computer. There's a great movie with Chevy Chase called Funny Farm where he quits his sports writing job and he moves up into uh, the Northeast and has this idyllic area and is going to write the great American novel. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He yeah. can't. He, he's like procrastinates. And his wife winds up writing a children's book that's very successful yeah. and he's jealous. <laughs> but I, that's what I did to myself. I moved myself. I didn't literally. I moved myself to uh, middle of nowhere, West Texas, and built my great writing studio and never wrote. Mm-hmm. Sit up there and peck on stuff, and kind of lost that de- that deadline urgency, and just and then just kept, kept trying to get it back. And that's when we sold everything, started Ten Streamer Instagram, which eventually turned into a website. Uh, it it set things back into motion. Yeah, it took ten years. Yeah. It'll be 10 years yeah. next year that we sold everything. Really? I thought it'd happen quicker. I thought I'd be inspired to start writing. Took us moving to Colorado and settling in. We lived in Colorado for three years. And that's, I started working for Oveja Negra, a company that makes bikepacking bags. And started getting into that and, and meeting other writers that come into the store. Oh, I'm a writer. Can I take your, can I get a free bag and write a review? That's what you get all the time. Yeah. And it just inspired me. I'm like, well, these people are, doing it. And I've, I've done it before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are the chances I can do it again? Mm-hmm. I kept, always kept trying. And yeah. Then, Cause you weren't doing small cake stuff. I mean, you were writing for 
the real publications yeah. in, in like, especially in a, in a really cool time to be part of magazines yeah. and editorial. Yeah. Nineties and, and into the nineties and early aughts. And so I wrote about triathlon, mm-hmm. ultra running, mountain bike racing, um, interviewed, uh, paraplegic athletes, uh, wrote for D magazine, got a free trip to a resort. I mean, I was like right there on the cusp and, but I was also frustrated with the process. I was in my thirties and the process of writing as a creative person. Alice and I were talking about this earlier. Um, it's not all birthday cake. No, it's you, you write it, you make your baby and then you send it to an editor and they, they change it. Oh yeah. Sometimes you read stuff and you go, that's not my voice. And this happens. I didn't like that then. I don't like it now, but I'm now I'm like, you know, it's part of the process for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I was working over Veja Negra and I'm like, I want to do a bikepacking trip in Texas because I was missing Texas something, mm-hmm. something greatly, which is odd. You're living in the mountains, Aspens, snow capped peaks. Um, but I'm like, I know, God, man, I want to get back to Texas so bad. Need some enchiladas. Enchiladas, yeah. dirt. I need to be on some central Texas. Now I'm tired of central Texas dirt and I want to go back <laughs> to Colorado. And so I, I pitched Texas Parks and Wildlife, a magazine I worked for. They changed the editors several times. Mm-hmm. And pitched a, a bikepacking story. And I'd been following this photographer and Texas Tech professor on Instagram. And I'm like, this is the guy I want to take pictures. Mm-hmm. So I got, the, I got the magazine assignment. First assignment back after probably 10 years of being away. And then I asked the editor, which is pretty ballsy. I said, hey, do you mind if I uh, reach out to Jared Foster? Because I've already pitched Jared in the story. He was part of the story to interview. And she said, yeah, if he'll do it. And this editor by the name is uh, Louis Bond. And when you we pitch, love Louis. We do. And when you pitch Louis, first time I pitched her, I addressed her as Mr. Louis Bond. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she was super. <laughs> Louis is salt of the earth. A lot of times that might kill your your chances of, of getting in the magazine. But Louis's like, it's miss. It's a common, you know, common mistake. Yep. Um, actually, my, Michael Ortiz, one of your ex-students, yep. he was working on a pitch. And he had he thought Louis was still the editor. And he had pitched oh, Mr. Yeah. Bond. Like, yeah. Well, one, she's not there anymore. And two, it's Miss Bond. Yep. And so I pitched, I said, you mind if I use this Jared as a f- the photographer? And she goes, if he'll do it. And I didn't know that she knew you really well. And yeah, um, if, if you meet Jared, <laughs> you, you, you fall in love with him. <laughs> and I've seen this with lots of people in our time together. What, you have a high woo factor? Is that that's right? Yeah, that's one of my Clifton strengths is yeah. woo. Yeah. <laughs> Clifton Strengths is a great name. That, that's like a, yeah. a, a secret agent in the 70s, Clifton Strengths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he's not very strong. Um, so I and she, and I and I'm like, okay, well now I'm going to reach out to this Jared Foster. I don't know who, you know, he may be a jerk. And he had a website, uh, contact page, and then you yeah. said, heck, I'll do the whole thing with you. And then you brought me into the modern era because I was going to I was going to road map it. I was going to get my old road atlas out and because yeah. this this is a route all on gravel roads. And Jared's like, hey buddy, it's 21st century. Let's uh, use this ride uh, with GPS. Yep. And he mapped out, I'd say, majority of the route and also navigated the whole route. Yeah. 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 It's my story, but, uh, yeah. and it just, and we, we met there at Mother Neff State Park in Central Texas outside of Waco. Yeah. After and one phone call, I think. One phone call that you were at Costco. Yep. And we talked and I'm like, and then I sent you a truck bucket. Yep. 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 Favorite truck bucket. The, I still have my, I cherish it. It's just, my favorite bag. Just, 
it had come back. It had gone out to someone <laughs> at Oveja Negra that ordered it, and they thought the colors were horrendous. They said our um, algorithm that designed the whack bags was off. Yeah. And I'm like, so side story is that we actually tracked this individual down and, and had them. We, we took care of them. Let's, let's say yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, we, we do this trip in 2018. Epic trip. Uh, we're riding. Jared's like, hey, would you be interested in coming on? this class I teach in the spring called adventure media. Yep. And I was like, well, this is the only reason I invited you. Cause I want to come on this adventure yeah. media class. <laughs> and like I said, you meet Jared, you want to spend more time with him. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And his brother was on this first trip and Seth was going and Seth yeah. solid. Seth was carved from carved from granite. He's so, yeah. I mean like, yeah. and I think sometimes I think his head may be carved out of granite. Like yeah. sometimes I don't think he's tough. man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And so, you know, we already set up two assignments at that point. We're like, okay, we did this. Yep. And um, then that was in October, November. Mm-hmm. And then in March, I came back to Texas to Big Ben. Uh, if you're from Texas and you're an outdoorsy person, Big Ben is your place. It's, yep. We all it. love it to death. And we are loving it to death. Yeah, yeah. we are. Uh, some people that come from out of state don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think it's a wasteland. Yeah. But... Um, much like 10 streamers, people you meet, you may see them and you may write them off, but Big Ben's one of those places you have to engage. Oh yeah, tons. You have to penetrate. You have yeah. to get in there and see the ocotillos and and touch the agave and paddle cactus and gravel. And and you have to go back. You have to go back. Like the first time can be pretty overwhelming. And if if you don't have the right mindset, it can be, it's not, it's, it's not, ever underwhelming but it can be um uh disappointingly mysterious to you because it's it's so um a it's large and it has a particular um cultural risk and uh certainly environmental risk in being in in that environment and um but if you go back it's kind of like it's kind of like the first time i had scotch whiskey was in Scotland and, and I, I hated it. I was like, this is, this is not good, but it's got this mystique about it, right? Like scotch is supposed to be this very austere kind of classy drink, particularly for men. And, and, uh, I remember t- tasting it first time. I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. And, and, and then about six months later, I start getting a hankering for it. And that's kind of how big bend is. You know, like you go down there and you're like, this is something else. Like I did not expect this, particularly if you're a lifelong Texan and you're, you're going out there for the first time, you don't quite know what to expect. And then you leave and you're like, that was pretty interesting. I did some neat things while I'm out there. Um, but about six months later, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go back. I'm, I'm ready to like totally devote my, my whole experience to what is this big Ben thing. And and each time you go back and it's, you're chipping away. Uh. Well, first things first, I got to go look up austere. Um, <laughs> see, Jared's a professor. So he, <laughs> That's he, something we didn't talk about. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a professor. Yeah, yeah. Not gonna, that that makes my vocabulary no, any better, but yeah. No, we'll get to that. But I like to say big Ben, if you're, uh, if you've ever seen the movie, pretty woman, with Richard, Richard Gere and, um, Julia Roberts. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've never seen that movie, but I yeah, know who's in it. Yeah. Well, 
this is a common thing with Jared and I is that he'll be like, you know, I've never seen um, Caddyshack or something. Yeah, I'm like, horrible about movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and he's he's a music guy. We'll get to that too. He's a guitar player, mm-hmm. so he doesn't really listen to lyrics. No. Nope. Uh, last year on assignment, Jared and I did a story for Texas Parks and Wildlife. Another name drop: Texas Parks and Wildlife Magazine, greatest outdoor magazine in Texas. Um. We did a story where we drove around the state having coffee with people at the state parks, and we had lots of conversations in that time. It was actually the only time we've ever had a real fight. It was our lowest key, highest mileage assignment. Yeah. There you go. You sum it up. <laughs> we, uh, I, I told him I, I really wasn't that big of a fan of uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. And yeah. I thought he was going to throw me out of the car. And yeah. I, I kind of yeah. backtracked. <laughs> and then... On the way back from Corpus Christi State Park, which we just stayed in, he um, we really broke down Hotel California and the guitar riffs. Yeah. And I'm like, and I don't really never hear, need to hear that, not from that conversation, but like sure. I've heard that song so many times, but I did. I sit there and listen to the the, the guitar licks. And, I, and when it comes on now, I, I listen to it. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't need to hear this song, but I'm hearing this song. That's Jerry. Yeah. That's yeah. what Jerry does. <laughs> and... He is a professor, and so this adventure media class that we went on after our first assignment, it's kind of his flagship class, and it's mm-hmm. it is. Let's just tell us what adventure media is. Yeah, well, yeah. So adventure media is a class that um, we created at, at Tech that really was meant to uh, serve those students that were very interested in learning more about or working in the outdoor media business, uh, particularly photographers, uh, docu- documentary filmmakers, graphic designers, anybody that wanted writers that wanted to work in, in that field, because we, we get students from all over the, the state and the nation. Uh, a lot of them come from urban settings, but a lot of them also have this int- this deep interest in working in the outdoors. Cause it's kind of romantic to work in the outdoors as you know, you and I talk about a lot and, uh, we're lucky to get to do it um, as often as we we get to do it, and so I thought, well, you know, we let's do this. Let's create a class called Adventure Media, and and I I'm, I've got a love hate relationship with the word adventure, but but um, it, it really was a tag to attract students into this this realm of of media making, learning more about it, and we take students. Now, I mean, the, the first time it was ever taught, it was a semester-long class. It had a couple optional field trips in it. Um, we really just kind of did a, an overview of what adventure and travel media looked like. And, but uh, the second time we, we taught it, um, I collaborated with a fellow professor, J- Justin Keene, and we created a, a class where we met just on you know every other weekend, and then we built a spring break long bike packing expedition in, in it. And that's during that period of time, that was like the main production time where the students were creating a, uh, they were on assignment essentially to shoot, uh, a number of stills for particular purposes. We had clients attached to them. And then we also were aiming to, to film a documentary of the experience. And the, the first year was in 2017 that we did that. And we went to big Bend ranch and, uh, We've done it ever since. We've done it every year uh, since then. Uh, and in 2020, uh, that year, uh, everything shut down 12 hours before we were supposed to leave on that spring break trip. So it was, that was a pretty kind of blow. That was a big blow to the class that year, but we've had it ever since then. 
but that's the class. It, it's it's highly immersive. I mean, I don't know how much more hands-on we can make a class um, in in our college, at least College of Media and Communications, uh, without like paying students uh, because it, it's it's a learning environment um, for sure. Um, it's still student work, um, but uh, the type of experience they have to participate in in order to complete the class isn't any different than what you and I would be doing on assignment, um, except we have 15 people attached instead of two. Uh, so uh, that that's the main difference. And But yeah, it's just this super hands-on, incredibly intense class. And we don't do small cake stuff. I mean, if anybody has ever heard of Big Ben Ranch or thought about mount, mountain biking down there, bikepacking down there, they know that these students are kind of thrown into the into the real stuff. Yeah, so the students, for those of y'all who aren't familiar with bikepacking, it's basically camping on your bike. It's yeah. bike touring, but really without racks, it's kind of evolved to people who are using racks now, but it's bags that go on your bike mm-hmm. that use the frame. And we, I've been on four or five adventure media classes now. Yeah, Students live on their bikes. There's no brakes. We're out there in 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 the in the stuff and they're sleeping in the dirt some of them the the first trip i went on in 2019 one of the girls cody clark had never ridden a bike before she learned to ride a bike for that class and she crashed 44 times yeah (laughs) but they are it's exhausting oh yeah it's exhausting and they have to work they have to produce content and that was the thing that i took away the first time i went on the trip was i was a writer and i had a pen and piece of paper Mm Um, and, but by the end of the day, I should have been in my tent writing things down, but I was exhausted, mm-hmm. um, just because of, we're just out there all day. The students, they're having to go through, you know, your cameras and look at stuff and interview and, uh, it, it's just carrying their cameras alone is, is an ordeal. Literally. And, uh, you know, Tanner Fowler yeah. was, he, he carried like a whole rig of, like, yeah, he, he carried, uh, pretty close to a cinema rig with him and, and you know, that's, that's on top of all the stuff that you it's need got, to be self-sustainable uh, out there on the trail. Yeah. yeah. For five, five days, you know, five or six days. Yeah. So I, I featured both Cody and Tanner in this, uh, Texas monthly story I wrote. Uh, Tanner's a cinematographer, lives in his van, mm-hmm. shoots stuff for ESPN, Fox sports. Uh, and he's amazing. NFL. I mean, he, is the real deal. Yeah. Um, and he's just a product of this adventure media class that you teach. Mm. And I've pitched text adventure media to several publications outside of magazine, blah, 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 but they don't get it. They think yeah. it's just like a, you know, like a recreation a workshop or camp. Yeah, it's like a spring break retreat. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, you know, not, this is boot camp. I mean, it's yeah. military total respect for it. I don't want to yeah. equate it to something that difficult, but sure. it yeah. is. These kids come out of it and lifelong friendships. And you and I have yeah. made lifelong friendships with students. Oh yeah. Um, I get to kind of dabble in being, you know, almost like a, you know, an instructor where I talk mm-hmm. to the kids and they come to me about um, pitching stories. And um, it's, it's with, without meeting you and, and pitching mm-hmm. that first story to where I'm like, can I use Jared Foster as a photographer? My career wouldn't be where it is because I have this, the synergy with, and I have this, I can tap into this youth movement yeah. and no ask what they want to read, what they want to see out there. You know, magazine business is probably, you know, creeping towards its death. And we've got to think about new ways to tell stories. And so I'm constantly asking these 
these kids, but they're also enamored with magazines. They are. Yeah. They still like, they want to be published yeah. in print. Yeah. Yeah. And not to continue dropping the Texas monthly, cause I have a feature in it, but the number of people that have read the Texas monthly article out of the blue that contact me, I didn't really realize that people touch the Texas monthly website so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the website work I love because it's, you put it there and it's there quick. It's mm-hmm. very relatable. Um, in, in a time frame, mm-hmm. um, so it's just it's it's a it's great. It's and actually my very very first it's kind of odd. My first writing that I got paid for was for a website in 1999. Really? Wow. Mountain Yeah. Okay. It was, it was a, a write up for an adventure race in um, uh, Cedar Hill State Park. Is it still around, MountainZone.com? No. Okay. No. <laughs> or, or did they get picked up by somebody? It was part of the ESPN. Okay. Okay. And I think they were, uh, you know, dabbling in the web world at the time. I got paid a hundred bucks for that story. There you go. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I got paid a hundred bucks for a, a story I wrote for a print publication, not like six months ago. Not too long ago. Yeah, exactly. And it was one of the worst <laughs> things I've ever, worst experiences. I've, I won't even name the publication, but yeah. it was, I get paid a lot more than that, but I wanted to do it because it was a motorcycle publication and I'm like, right. I wanted to do it. But in the end, I'm like, Ugh. So yeah. we got to back up. <laughs> I missed, I, I introduced Julia Roberts and uh, Richard Gere yeah. uh, to equate Big Ben. Yeah. So we're talking about, there's two Big Bends. Big Ben's the whole big region. It's the bottom oh, part yeah. of Texas, Huge. the curves. Basically Fort, I would argue Fort Davis down in the in that bend of the yeah. Texas. Yeah. Where you can see the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Big Bend National Park, uh-huh. one of the greatest national parks in the system, one of the least visited. So still don't come. You know, it's got enough visitation. We don't need any more people yeah. to come to see it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, I mean, it takes some work to be there. You have, yeah. You, you have to engage it. Yeah, totally. Uh, but it's not Jared's favorite. He no. loves Big Ben Ranch State Park, mm-hmm. which is state park, not a national mm-hmm. park. And it's a li- it's more rugged, more backcountry. I mean. Well, it, it, I don't know if it's more backcountry, but it, it. Less infrastructure. Way less infrastructure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and that's where we did this bikepacking trip on mm-hmm. the IMBA Epic Loop. Mm-hmm. And you're when you're in the middle of there's you don't see you don't see a modern structure for three days. Yeah, yeah. You may see a piece of rusted metal from 1890 or 1910. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that it's buried. You don't see it. Yeah, radio yeah. The most in- modern thing you see is the trail you're on. Yeah, yeah. You don't see a radio antenna. You don't see, and if uh, you take a wrong. Uh, turn, go to the bathroom down a creek bed, and, and you go. Well, I'm going to walk this way a little bit. You could be gone forever. Yeah, if, yeah. And it's happens. That happens in there all the time. People disappear. Yeah. Um. So Julie Roberts, we'll get that out of the way. <laughs> There's a scene where they're at the opera, and Richard Gere tells Julie, he goes, "Some people, you know, opera is very intense when you see it for the first time. Yep. You either fall in love with it instantly, or you learn to love it. Hmm. Those that fall in love with it instantly." Like they're appreciating for it. It's always different, more intense. If you learn to love it, it'll never be like the people who like get it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Big Ben. You either get it immediately or it takes a couple of trips. I mean, it always takes yeah. a couple of trips, but yep. we, you and I fell in, when you meet someone oh, yeah. that fell in love with it immediately, yeah, you're like, have you been here? Have you done this? And yeah, everyone. Well, you feel like you've, you've kind of stepped into a special club. Um, that is becoming less and less special socially, but but it's still nonetheless a, a, an incredibly special place, uh, particularly for us. But it's you're you're 
you suddenly like you chose to walk through a door. You, you chose the blue pill over the red pill, you know, or something like that. Yeah. It's and 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 you're suddenly like indoctrinated into. Is that from a movie? This idea. Yeah, I think that's the Matrix. I've seen the Matrix yeah. before. Yeah. So we uh, all right. Yeah. Or clarify. <laughs> but um. But yeah, that's you know, there's you became part of a a, a group of people that you started to know about Big Bend. And, you know, now, now it's, it, like I said, it's a little less special or, or, uh, the, the polish is rubbed on, off of it from a social perspective, but man, it's still like, it, it's not as pretty incredible. Well, it's not, but, but, you know, most of the people that visit a place like Big Bend or, you know, really anywhere that is kind of nature heavy, but, and, and also tourism heavy, most people that engage a place like that are doing it from the car, um, and, and you know maybe you stopping at roadside stops and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that Big Ben still allows you to. It's it, you just walk down the trail a quarter mile, and you're you suddenly feel very different than you did <laughs> on the pavement just a bit back. Yeah, the the best car park is Zion. Like you can drive through Zion and get it. Yeah, Big Ben. You got to drive up into Chisos or it, it, the ranch, Big Bend Ranch State Park. You you have to get in the backcountry. Yeah, there's, there's it's just yeah. There's no. I mean, even getting to Sauceda on the road is is work. It's and brutal. um and so and once you're back there, you're like, okay, I'm ready to see more of this. And you're you're compelled to walk down the trails or bike down the trails. And of course, the mountain biking in Big Bend Ranch is, I think, the best in the state. But, yeah, and it's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about what your academic year looks like. Let's, you know, just to kind of yep. show what you say, Texas Tech yep. in Lubbock, Texas, up in the South Plains. My uh, father-in-law calls them the Texas Technologians. Yeah, really? <laughs> Whenever they play, <laughs> like, awesome. they, he goes, oh, who are the Texas Technologians playing? Yeah, I yeah. Uh, <laughs> my wife went to school here. I went to here for uh, my freshman year, but it was too close where I grew up. And yeah. It was too much the same. Yeah. So I graduated University of North Texas. Go yeah. Eagles. Uh, but what's your academic year look like? Just to, so people know what you do. My academic year. So I'm I'm an associate professor of practice. Which uh, instead of having a, a kind of a research agenda, I have a priority in in my role to be uh, constantly bringing the industry into the classroom. And so I've, I've been very very fortunate to to work as a professor that uh, can use you know my experience as a photographer like intensely working in the field and bring it right into the classroom. And it helps me create classes like adventure media. And, and I've been able to create a, a or create or help create a, a bevy of classes that, that um, uh, kind of uh, mimic what I get to do on assignment in a lot of ways. And that's, that's straight from Wyman. I took a class from Wyman uh, at Texas Tech's junction campus. And, you know, before, before going, uh, before, going through the levels of education I needed to be a professor, I was headed to law school, but I had this interest in photography and visual uh, creativity. And so I took this class from Wyman, a 15 day field class down at Junction, and it totally changed my life. I mean, I was like, this is, we are doing the exact same thing that Wyman would be doing on assignment here. I can do this. And, um, and that's what I did. And I just so happened to be, um, in a position where I could start my master's pretty quickly after that. I always wanted to get a little bit more advanced uh, education. 
And um, so instead of law school, I chose to get my master's. And that allowed me uh, to teach. Um, at, you know, at the college level, at, and in Texas, you need 18 hours worth of relevant course material in a field that you would teach at the graduate level. And so it allowed me to to help him teach that class for several years. And, and uh, you know, while I was working for various magazines and organizations with my photography work, I was I was fortunate enough to uh, get a gig teaching photography. You know, there's a lot of timing lined up. but um, And so anyways, I, I did that. I actually went through and, and got my PhD as well. It allowed me to, I like higher ed. I like the opportunities it creates, not for just for me, but also for the students. And in tech, I'm, you know, very fortunate to be a, a, at a university and inside a college that is willing to take a risk on um, certain types of classes uh, in order to to build some pretty incredible experiences for students, and you know I'm I'm one of many faculty at on the campus that uh, you know takes advantage of that. We create these um, things that really nobody at the time is doing, and and you know see them flourish like adventure media. I mean, there, there's only one other class prior to that that. Um, that you could earn academic credit with uh, while bikepacking, and that was Kurt Refsnyder's geology by bikepacking class at Prescott College. And you know, folks that know who Kurt Refsnyder is, he's one of the, the greatest ultra endurance racers in, in the world. And so he has that pedigree coming with him. And I was like, man, we we can be doing that here, you know, and 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 we can be doing it around the the media work uh, that uh, I get to enjoy uh, on a you know, a regular basis. And, and so we just started creating these experiences that very much mimic what I'd get to do on assignment. And, uh, that's what, that's what Wyman was doing whenever I took a class from him. Yeah. Uh, that's what I got to be a part of when I was assisting him teaching those classes. And, um, and then, uh, you know, uh, thankfully along, along the way, that's what it looked like for me. So I, I, you know, I teach traditional four walled you know, multi-seat class classes at, at the university. But man, the thing I go to bed thinking about and wake up thinking about are, are field experiences for students, whether it's uh, uh, domestic study away programs where we get students away from campus um, or, or we go on study abroads. You know, I've been uh, fortunate to do a study abroad program for many years uh, with um, a close collaborator, Dr. Rob Peasley. And, um, you know, and, and all of that's totally field based, and and so you know, I, I, over time, it kind of feels like we're doing some some of the same stuff, uh, but for the students, it's all very different and very intense, and it it makes makes them feel appropriately so, um, like they're on the job on assignment, uh, and they're learning by doing, and that's that's huge because they are doing very very real things. Like we don't we don't create a fake thing for them to do. We attach them to industry partners. Um, you know that the experiences are again, like I said, just as real as like if you and I were on assignment. And um, and in truth, like some of these things probably have been have been picked up and looked at more than some of our some of our, our own stuff. And uh, in, in and it's all student driven work that they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a adventure media Jared Foster and. He'll admit there's more people to the class than just him, but oh yeah, he, it's he, a whole village. Yeah. He is the face. Um, there's a whole universe that that is created, <laughs> and from from he and I working together and yeah. the things he produces, and like I have gone from 
watching just students and graduate students in the first year to actually working with them on assignment. Yeah. Uh, Justin Ricks, prolific photographer. Yeah, one of our closest colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did a catboard story with Justin. And so we live in another different world between photographers and writers. It's not normal for photographers and writers to like team up and like work on multiple projects. Yeah, and stay teamed up. Yeah. Yeah, generally they get pieced together. Yeah. But I've been with Texas Parks long enough and I guess – I kind of carried some stuff over from, from the early aughts that, mm-hmm. that they were like, let me do things. Mm-hmm. And so I just asked, can I use Justin Rex for this catboard story? And Justin Rex stood in Corpus Christi Bay, actually also a bay outside of Corpus Christi, and um, shot people on kiteboards skirting across the water for hours. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later on, I'm probably going to work with Simon Parmley. We've worked with Simon Parmley, yeah, yeah. another another student on a project, and uh, Madison Walker. We she and we'll get to that, and then we'll wrap mm-hmm. up this podcast because we're burning in on an hour nearly. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so it's 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 a fantastic world. I'm going to recap his 2023 year. We started off, yeah, Venture Media, Las Cruces, biking the Monumental Loop for Venture Media. Yeah, very. And then yeah, created a three part docuseries. Yeah. Yep. And then yep. we went into, he went into junction. I met up with the class on one of the trips. It's yeah. two weeks and they travel constantly and they take pictures and the kids are exhausted and they produce. Yeah, and they get to see some of just the, the, they see the jewels of the state, the natural jewels of the state. Yeah. And then he went to Iceland. And I went to Iceland. Yeah. For three weeks. And then this year he's teaching some, some four wall classes that I'm going to talk to tomorrow. Yeah. And, He's taking a he's doing a bike a backpacking yep. trip with a fellow instructor. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Gimza, Brian Gimza. We're teaching a class called The Path Chooses Us and we're taking students backpacking on the Guadalupe Ridge Trail. Yeah. And that's not all that Jared Foster does. He yeah, no. also owns a outdoor store, hiking store in Rio de Janeiro, New Mexico with his yep. wife, Amanda, and his three beautiful young daughters. Yeah. Yeah. And he also was in a band. In the 90s, late 90s, early no, 2000s? No, th- 2000s, yeah, mid-2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, yeah. That, that band was Van Halen. No. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, it wasn't Van Halen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was Van Mollies. Hagar. Yeah. No, yeah, the Hog Mollies, yeah. yeah. Which is, is you know, it's another, I always, I always like to joke that um, Rotan, Texas is the center of the universe. And, and it really is. And that's not my joke. I'm pretty sure I heard it from somebody in Rotan, but... Uh, your ten nation was in Fisher County, which Rotan is is in Fisher County, and yeah, that was, that was another F- odd tie that we have. FM eleven, yep. Was, FM six eleven. FM six eleven. FM eleven. Yeah, yeah. FM six eleven. That was my address. Six thirty five, something like that. But yeah. yeah, it was. I said that one day we were on a bike trip, and I said we were talking about ten ten nation. And I said, yeah, FM six eleven. And Jared's like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the name of that was the original name of the band that I joined later. Yeah, yeah. And another fun fact with Jared is he likes good coffee and he likes crappy coffee. I do. You can't. And, and yeah, he'll eat can't. anything from a convenience store. And I've kind of degraded <laughs> into I've, I've I'm and I'm not a picky eater, but I'm a kind of a fancy man. I do like a, a charcuterie. You're board. a healthy eater. Yeah, yeah. But I have degraded into ingesting. stuff fried burritos in Lubbock, Texas that were made in Albuquerque and yeah, uh, yeah. not fried. They were, it was just a regular burrito and yeah. <laughs> a honey bun. I'm not a honey bun, yeah. but I kind of broke down one day and I had to have a honey bun on one yeah. of our, on our adventure media trips. And I just, I just show up on these trips to either write about the last couple. I've just 
showed up just to be a part of the class. And there's actually a long-term project I'm working with on yeah. uh, Madison Walker. We, we would like to do a like a real in-depth documentary on all of Adventure Media and and, yeah. and chase some of the kids from then to you know, where are they now? Mm-hmm. Like Tanner and Cody. Cody's a raft guide in Colorado. Uh, you'll never meet more of a character than Cody yeah. Clark. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, totally. and just just yeah. just a good person. So well, and you've been able to like really witness the um, you know what what happens to these students through that experience, but more importantly, what happens after the, these experiences because it it really does like. It, it shifts, it shifts you, you know, and, and I hope everyone in their life has something like that happen. Maybe not in a traumatic way, you know, although that, that does happen too, but, you know, just to have an experience that maybe, I don't know if it provides you any more clarity, but it definitely provides you a whole lot of inspiration. It gives you perspective and, and you know, there's the, the founder of the Leadville hundred mile mountain bike and run race. Mm-hmm. He is famous for, you know, you could do more than you think you can. He has this real, yeah, he yeah, puts on this right. voice and it's true. And I watch these students really suffer and struggle always with a smile on the face. I've never yeah. seen a, a fight or, or any pettiness it, by the time they've gone through the interview process, they've yeah. been kind of vetted and personalities are yeah. taken into account. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing, and I've pitched stories on Jared, and I don't want this to sound like a, a Jared Foster love fest, but like, <laughs> it's just truly a, a phenomenal person, the embodiment of what a 10 streamer is. And yeah. there's no one that works harder and there's no one that's busier that I know, but there's also no one that's more willing to help you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he, he, mess, may, he may mess a few emails, but that's, you know, yeah. it's, I know he's inundated with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I, knew what, I know what he has going on this year, yeah. but the thing I always tell people is you better be careful because if you tell Jared an idea – Oh yeah. He's going to make, he's going to figure out how to make it work and you better keep up and work your ass <laughs> off. Are you going to, and I think that's, I think I might've given up at this point in the second round of writing because as a writer, you sit in a vacuum and yeah. you, you need um, camaraderie and you need, you need collaboration. Yeah. And I'm always like, you know, what's the next thing Jared I can do? You know, what's the next trip we can do? Yeah. Um, so in, when we met in 2018 and then we, then we had some great stuff in 2019 and then the pandemic hit, Yeah. but we had been, we'd been doing trips and stuff together and little excursions and, and, and kind of brewing, stirring the pot on what we can do. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it all culminated with in 2021. We had mm-hmm. a fantastic. Yeah. It was, uh, we were just talking about on our very, bike ride yeah. and I was like, yeah, that was all in 2021. So yeah. what, what did we do in 2021? Yeah. Just a few days into 21, we did a, a story that I never would have thought I'd do, uh, which was a paddleboard story where we, can you say paddleboard toured mm-hmm. a lake? Yeah, yeah. So um, we went to Possum Kingdom Lake and paddleboard toured that lake. Now, you were the only one on a paddleboard, uh, and but and I was in a kayak because... Uh, people that know me know that I, I am not a comfortable swimmer at all. And so I felt like I needed a little bit more stability. But um, but we spent three days on just camping on Possum Kingdom Lake. And that doesn't sound like a big deal to a lot of people, but that's a big deal, like to, to kayak to your campsites. And, of course, fortunately, that lake is set up really well with uh, the camping infrastructure that it has. But yeah, Like seven, eight miles of paddling to get to across the the lake, yeah. which is the Dan Brazos. Yeah, which is 
not easy yeah. at all, particularly on a paddleboard. It wasn't easy on a kayak either. Um, but, uh, yeah, we did that in January. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of ridiculous to do, uh, <laughs> do a lake story in January. Because once again, the great Louis Bond, my editor at Texas, former editor, um, she'll always be an editor, editor in my heart. A story had dropped off, and I had been picking at her, and I'm like, let me do that. I'll do that. Jared and I'll do that paddleboard yeah. story in January. And she goes, okay. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> you you had some stuff going on, and you had to secure a um, Diablo paddle sports. Um, it's a hybrid. It's, it's a paddleboard, but she's you, – It's kind of like, yeah, a kayak slash stand-up paddleboard. But you also but. had production equipment. You had you know, oh, yeah. yeah. Expensive camera equipment. Mm-hmm. I, I had a notepad, and uh, first day, the water was so horrendous, and the wind was so bad, I, I fell in. You went and, in, yeah. And we – we couldn't go that the first day it changed. And so we kind of mm-hmm. waited out the weather. And that's another part of this thing is you pitch these stories and you have a deadline and sometimes things don't go to plan. Yeah. Yeah. What was uh, our second story? Uh, then we, then we, the next time we got together to do something was the adventure media class that semester, which was that since that was the year that was 2021, we're still dealing with pandemic um, stuff. And so, instead of taking the class and making them bike pack somewhere together, we decided to do a story and create a route here in the Texas panhandle. We just called the 806. And instead of the students bike packing, because it was a big route, um, they were a production crew that followed you, me and Justin Rex, uh, biking nearly 400 miles on rural roads in the panhandle, connecting some pretty significant areas of the panhandle together um, that was five days, four days, four or five days on the, on the road. And, and you had, I mean, it, it was hard. Uh, and, and I know, I know specifically for you, it was definitely hard on the third day because of an injury. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. battery on my e-bike. Had really run out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I had battery, by battery, you mean knees. I, yeah. My horrendous <laughs> knee pain. And, uh, but that was a, that, the, Students always ask me about top two fun, mm. a memory that is really difficult at the time and then, or, or an excursion. And then you look back on it with fond memories. And I've been doing this so long that I don't really look at it that way, but that was, I was miserable and I wanted to quit after the fact, you know, just yeah. great experience. Yeah. And then our next uh, story was. Uh, we didn't do anything during the summer together, did we? September was the. Se- se- yeah, September. And this is the one I, I thought couldn't have been that that long ago but um in september we went up to the colorado trail and we did the segment like 23 or 22 23 of the colorado trail along with the alpine loop from carson saddle to um yep. stony pass stony yep stony pass so essentially we, we biked out we spent four days three four days out on the trail uh on a 9-11 retrospective and uh, again, you made it harder on yourself than you needed it to be, but uh, <laughs> but it needed to be yeah. that hard. It was yeah. the definition of underbiking. I I had done the original this. I had planned this route on the actual day of nine eleven when it happened, and and discovered what had happened in the middle of the trip and couldn't finish. One, I was over my head as far as my adventure credentials at the time. Yeah. Um, and so I was pulling a Bob trailer, a little adventure trailer with a old school 26 inch wheeled bike mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to do it and it just happened to be 20 years after, you know, the anniversary. And I'm like, I want to go back and do that trip yeah. on a, and it was a really emotional one that showed that you can do these things on a bike that's yep. over 20 years old. Yep. And 
that was featured in Bike Picking Journal, yeah. which kind of got lost in the shuffle because of the pandemic because they had some publishing issues with it that yeah. edition. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know. I just it felt like it just kind of dropped with the Yeah. But it was it was it was a great story to work on and and still to this day it's the hardest thing I've ever done on a bike. And and I was on my Chumba Sendero, you know, a, a modern bike with you know, fairly high end components, light, relatively lightweight. And you're on a 25 year old bike yeah. hauling a Bob trailer behind you. No suspension on the Colorado. Yeah. No suspension on the Colorado trail, which, you know, anybody that's ever heard of it. I mean, they ought to know, like it's, it's all there. Like it, it was crazy hard. Uh, it was so much fun, but it, it was, was tons of fun. So yeah. immersive. Yeah. When, when, when I hitched the trailer up, when we left camp, the first day I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Cause the bike is a, it's an old stump jumper yeah. and it's got a long top tube. I had to shorten the stem yep. and I couldn't find forks for it. So I just ran rigid yeah. uh, front forks, which that was the toughest part. But actually once you got used, I'm, I'm thinking about hooking up my moots, my 29, um, 29 inch moots yep. with that trailer. Cause I think, I don't know, it, it was kind of fun working in unison with Bob. Yeah, Bob yeah. Was he was a part of the trip? That's the name of the trailer. That's right. Yeah, the actual brand <laughs> of the trailer. Yeah. And then uh, that was September. Yeah. And that that year culminated with uh, a story that I had kind of mentioned to to Jared when we first met. And yeah. he, this is the thing it was like I mentioned it to him, and then next thing you know, he's getting his motorcycle license. <laughs> yeah. He hadn't right. rode, rode as a kid, but hadn't been hadn't been hadn't rode in a long time. Got yeah, his it's license. Been Twenty years. Yeah. yeah. And we rode across Texas from mm-hmm. the beaches of the Gulf, the lowest mm-hmm. point to its highest point. In Guadalupe Peak, yeah. yeah. Which, which well, we didn't ride up Guadalupe Peak, but we, we well, hiked it at the end, the last day. Well, as far as, you know, the park service knows, we didn't ride it. Yeah. But yeah, we did that. In, in, and it, again, this doesn't sound as intense as it, as it is, but we, we did that. It was about 1,500 miles or so, and we did that in seven days. It was intense, yeah. And it, 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 it was intense, yeah, because we we were on the bikes all day long, and when you throw on production, you know, video because we did we did a Maddie Walker came with us and Adam Bennett to do a piece for Texas Parks and Wildlife's PBS channel. You throw that into the mix. You throw the photography into the mix. You know, you throw just the necessary brakes you need whenever you're on a, a motorcycle that long yeah. in the mix. I mean, you're at it all day long it was when i when i conceived it i had it in my head and i was like had all these stops and excursions and and so jared's brass tax guy he he like he know he knew in his head what we could do and how far we could go and yeah and you know we 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 worked together on where we were going to stop and everything and we had those planned out ahead of time but it was it was um fast-paced and honestly when i wrote the story not my not my best work because it, I learned real quick that when something's so close to you and so passionate, mm. one, it's too much. There's too many parks for any yeah. words. Yeah. Um, when I wrote the piece for Upshift after the fact, uh, online motorcycle, adventure motorcycle publication, mm-hmm. that piece could breathe a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I felt better about that one. But when I wrote the, I got in the middle of it and I'm like, I'm just touching on each park we go to. Yeah. And yeah. there were so many conversations you and I had. So we, we tried to stick to gravel roads most of the way. Mm-hmm. And we went from the Gulf up in the nearly Louisiana, Sea Rim State Park, mm-hmm. and worked our way through Hill Country. We, how many eco-regions do you think we, two or three? Uh, 
yeah, coastal, yeah, central coastal, hill country, forest, central, oh, forest. yeah, probably four or five, yeah, yeah. eco regions, yeah, East Texas forest, and that, yeah. uh, we rode big, big Honda Africa twins, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. got to see places we had never been, like Black Gap, Hill Country State Natural yeah. Area, yeah, and so we need more of those, yeah, yeah, we so, have ideas as, as we close up. What, what's <laughs> I, I was just thinking, I'm working, we're kind of messing around with this story for Texas Park called Ethnobotany. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's much like the last story we did. It's more of an interview. Yep. What'd you say? It's the most distance traveled? No. Oh, 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 the coffee story? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, so that was all in vehicles, right? We camped out everywhere yeah. we went, but uh, it was the lowest key, highest mileage trip because we had to go to all four corners of the state. I mean, really to the edges of the state. Um, but we did it in a in a truck, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. in pickups. And so, uh, it wasn't quite like being on a adventure my, motorcycle on the gravel roads. Yeah. For my tent got end. destroyed and, and yeah, that hours. was probably the most intense thing. Yeah. <laughs> we had great food down in South Texas and we saw oh, uh, gosh, SpaceX yeah. down on the Boca Chica beach. And that was interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, this next story is ethnobotany and we're going to see how that works out. That's going to be an interesting adventure in itself, but it's more about culture and food and yeah yeah but we have to you know wrangle some adventure into the mix yeah. right because you know I, I think this is like storytelling uh literacy but you know a lot of these topics like ethnobotany you know if you mention that to too many people they're just gonna be like yeah. their eyes glaze over they don't uh want to get into that topic but but uh when you wrap it up into um some sort of adventure uh, or some sort of journey where you're exploring and it's not as common uh, a way of going about doing something or learning about something. Yeah. It, 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 it becomes more attractive. I'm, I'm really going to channel the great Anthony Bourdain and, and the way he would seek out mm-hmm. how food, because we're going to chase some plants that are edible and then some additional plants and, and that are native to Texas and see how they've impacted certain yeah. regions. But we need a big... We need a big, um, grand adventure, old fashioned paddleboard. Yeah. Mountain bike. Motorcycle ride. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I, I, I mean, I'm always game for just about anything. I'm, and that's the funny thing. Like I'm, I'm not as technically proficient or near as technically proficient of these things as you are. Uh, but I'm always game for going out there and doing the, and, and doing these things. And, and, uh, Oh, you're you're a far stronger rider than me. Well, I don't know about that, but I, uh, but I, I, you know, I've I've got this long term project called the Great Plains Project that I, I want us to to go out and spend a couple of weeks on motorcycles doing, and that's that's about a four thousand mile trip from where to where? Uh, from from basically uh, Presidio on the border with Mexico and Texas, all the way up to to uh, Calgary, Alberta. And so that, that, that'll be, to me, like, that's one thing I just really want to knock out. I've been sitting on it. I've worked on the Great Plains Project. I taught a class on the Great Plains where they followed me cycling 900 miles over 12 days um, um, for, for documentary purposes. But I, I, I want to complete this route that I've created and, and also am helping other people create for tourism purposes soon. And I... Uh, uh, Part of me wants to be the first person to ride it all, but I don't know how I would do it on a bicycle without quitting my jobs. And so, um, being able to take two weeks jobs, yeah, yeah. just one, two, three, like five or six jobs. Yeah, yeah. And then you, uh, on your Instagram handle, it says, um, 
janitor at uh, that's ha- right yeah janitor happy, happy hiker yeah happy hiker we had those at New Mexico and Happy Hacker in Albuquerque. Albuquerque, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. For all your backpacking camping needs, stickers, yeah. t-shirts, go yeah. by, check them yeah. out. All yeah. six of the listeners at this moment. <laughs> uh, well, we'll wrap it up. Last thing, um, I'm looking at my one sheet for you and it says that you were an extra in the movie Footloose. Yeah. Okay. I'm an amazing dancer. Okay. I don't, I don't tout that very much. First, but... the original Footloose or the, the remake? Oh, definitely the remake. Okay. Yeah, because I think the original you would have been like yeah <laughs> five and it would have, yeah no I have no idea I, there's a reason I'm I was a guitar player for a long time and that's because I'm not a comfortable dancer yeah okay <laughs> I'm a I'm a fantastic dancer I don't my you wife's are. a much better dancer I, I my wife is an amazing dancer we should be really interviewing our wives because well, yeah, they're the, they're the real they they're are the, the real deal so yeah they have to hold down my wife has to hold down the house with two rescue dogs that are very reactive I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think you understand how reactive they are, all of you that are listening. Um, one's part basset, part red healer. Yeah. He hates dogs. The other's a beagle. He doesn't trust people. So it's fun when you travel. Yeah. <laughs> and so my wife yeah. is has to hold down the fort with him. And Jared's wife, Amanda. Oh, she's is, amazing, man. She, I mean, yeah. Amanda is she's so hardcore that sometimes you're like, is she mad at me? I don't. I don't <laughs> she is so all. Yeah. She is all business. She is intense, but I love her. In, in, oh, in a great way. Yeah, yeah. And she she's at home with our three daughters a lot. Uh, but being at home for us is maybe a little different than than some people. It's you know we're like Monday we were hiking up Nogal Peak in, in the White Mountain Wilderness with the girls, and the girls are eleven, nine, and five. Yeah. And the five year old's the one that beat everybody up to the top of this thing. And it, it's not an easy hike. And, um, so, you know, we, we very much, she, Amanda's amazing and, and, and intense and, and, a, a, a leader. It's incredible. Yeah. I can't say enough good things about She's no nonsense. And, no. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't take any guff and she, uh, <laughs> does Amanda like green chilies? Yeah, she does. Yeah. In fact, I'm the one that's had to adjust to, yeah, to green chilies. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing that we disagree vehemently on is yeah. I, like I would, but I like them now. Uh, oh, I do. I, yeah, there was a turning point about a, two months ago where I was like, okay, because Alice and I we talk about this pretty much weekly. Yeah, it was like you and your hatred of green chilies. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. realize you'd taken this turn. But yeah. I was like, she goes, "Well, does Amanda like green chilies?" And yeah. I said, "Well, you know, when we did we did a motorcycle story on uh, the backcountry discovery route in New Mexico with, yeah. with Simon Parmley. Mm-hmm. We did that for outdoor before, and uh, Simon shot a fantastic video called uh, Moto Mentor. Yep. Going nowhere. Going nowhere. Yeah, I mean, the Moto Mentor is the story. overarching story, but yeah. yeah. Going nowhere for the Riodosa. Uh, for, for Discover Riodosa. Yeah. yeah. So go, go to YouTube and check that out. It's one of one of my favorite things yeah. that we've done. But we stopped in Riodosa when uh, they were, you know, were part of an RV park at that time. Yep. And Amanda bought French fries, cheese chili fries with green green chilies on mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I think Amanda likes green chilies. Yeah. She got, and you didn't really care about them. Yep, and yep. I don't know, Simon, I don't know what he was doing. But I mean, I like, He's from Seattle. He yeah. probably didn't, yeah. <laughs> Simon is a Marine. Yeah. Not an ex-Marine. He is a Marine. And he is, I don't want to say Inspector Gadget, but he's like- uh, uh, he's MacGyver. MacGyver. Thank word, you yeah. so much. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's my era of TV. Yeah. Well, I think uh, you've got to go teach a class. I do, yeah. You got a meeting, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was. Yeah. Well, this is great. I I think I I mean I, I love always getting to ride a bike with you, but uh, this is all. Oh, it's always nice to have a conversation, and we never stop talking to each other whenever we're around no. each other. No, we were on the bikes earlier, and I'm like, well, we're going to talk about this again. Yeah. 
and right before we got turned the mics on, we were talking about where he's going to go eat lunch. And it was, I said, we're probably going to Taco Bell. He goes, no, I think I'm going to go to Taco Villa, but we call yeah. it Taco Villa here. Yeah. And Lubbock is Taco Villa. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is kind of great banter. We should have put this in. You're right. Yeah. But I, I guess we just did. Yeah. We just did. That's right. But it sounds to me like your people are saying you've got, got to go, um, move on to your next project. Yeah. Yeah. The, the producer's at the door right now. Yeah. 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 We need a, it's we out. need a name. We need a, yeah. I, I, We'll make our producer Maddie. We'll just say Maddie's. Maddie. Jared's got to go? Okay. All right. Well, we'll wrap this up. I really appreciate your time. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I know you, how many podcasts have you done at this point? Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, not that, not a whole lot, but I've, I've been on, on several. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on our uh, mutual friend, yeah. Patrick Farnsworth with Boxer Death. I'm um, coming for you, Patrick. Yeah. Not really. Patrick <laughs> is, is one of those 10 streamers. I'd love to sit down and talk with yeah. Patrick. I don't know if anybody ever has, but Patrick is. Patrick's built his own pirate ship. Yeah, yeah. No, he's done a great job, and and uh, he's you know built a loyal audience, and um, also been a part of the adventure media experiences in the past, and and uh, really you know like really appreciate him being around. But yeah, he's he's one of those guys, and yeah. Patrick is a go getter, and he like he's really built a really amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And Patrick is the definition of bikepacking famous. He is bikepacking famous, yeah. Because yeah. we've debated yeah. if we are, I'm not. And I think you're kind of moderately, <laughs> and I'm like some obscure, you know, yeah. low-key, you know, yeah. uh, D-list bikepacking. Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, all right, let's, we'll wrap this up, and we'll yeah. close out with some fantastic guitar music. There you go. Made by the <laughs> one and only Jerry Foster. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it.